it's Lizzie and Rachel. We are super excited about our episode today. In it, we interview Christine Long from What's in Your Box. And we're going to be talking about sex on our own terms. We talk about casual sex. We talk about sex and relationships. But most importantly, we talk about finding what feels good for you in sex. And that means communication. It means fun. It means whatever you want it to mean. Great. Thanks, Rach. And you're welcome. And words you will hear a lot are included but not limited to vagina, mm-hmm. sex, mm-hmm. lube, mm-hmm. words that might make you uncomfortable. But you know us. We like to dig into the uncomfortable because we think that these kinds of conversations should be destigmatized and that you deserve a safe place to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And we hope you'll find that here. So listen in. Welcome to We Do We, a podcast from Do the Good Stuff about the ups and downs of pursuing health, wellness, and life on our own terms. I'm Lizzie, and I'm here with my friend and co-host, Rachel. We're also here with our guest, Christine Long, the founder of What's in Your Box. Hey, Christine. What's up, guys? So today we're talking to Christine about sex on our own terms, but first, Christine, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Christine, and I am an advocate for women's sexual health and well-being. So I started a company called What's in Your Box that is a subscription service as well as a social platform for women's sexual health and empowerment. And what we're really aiming to do is normalize the conversation around female pleasure, female wellness, and just overall exploration when it comes to our bodies and our sexuality so that we don't have to experience any shame in that process. Because it shouldn't be a shameful process. It's a part of being a human. And there are still stigmas around female sexuality. And we really want to um, downplay that and upplay the empowerment that comes in owning your sexuality and being open and being honest and being true to yourself. Um, So our monthly subscription box samples all different types of products from sex toys to probiotic pills to better women's sex life and just her overall sense of confidence and our social channels and our blog called Sex, Feels, and Feminism is really a candid um, outlet for us to just like bring light to topics that still tend to be taboo and to share stories to help women feel like they're never alone in anything they're feeling. Most likely somebody else is feeling the exact same way. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, and I think it's important, too, to just thank you for the work that you do because, you know, to your point, I think there we have made a lot of progress, and I think there has been a lot of growth in terms of sex positivity, but it's there are still stigmas, and, you know, yeah. we are constantly talking about doing life and pursuing health and wellness on your own terms, and we firmly believe this falls into that, so... Um, thank you for the work you do, and, and clearly it's something you're you're passionate about, um, and we just appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. I'm happy to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most days. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. And just to kind of play off of what you just said, Rachel, the way that we like to start every interview that we're having on We Do We is to ask this question. Um, what's mm-hmm. a healthy habit that you just said F it to? Something that everyone else says we should or shouldn't do, but you just aren't having it. So this plays into the idea of health and wellness on your own term, that not everything that everyone says is good is essentially good for you. So, um, yeah, so what do you think? 
Um, so I kind of have two answers to this question. Mm-hmm. I have like a basic like day to day life one, which is going to bed early. Like I, I will never be somebody who goes <laughs> to bed early and wakes up super early. I'm more of a night owl and I wake up at like a decent hour. <laughs> um, but I think like there's a lot, like not necessarily shame, but almost like feeling self-conscious if you're somebody who's not like at yoga at 7am or like powered up at 7am or 8am. Um, and I think it's really important, like, especially for me living in New York City, everybody's like, go, go, go all the time. And it's really important for you to find your own schedule and find what works for you. And like, if you get are getting done what you want to get done in a day's time, then great. You know, then it doesn't really matter when you're doing the work or when you're up or when you go to sleep. Um, so I think that's one thing that like I've learned to just kind of like tune out is when everybody else gets their day started and when everybody else wraps up and just like do me mm-hmm. and, and, um, and own that and like, and you know, only reevaluate it if like, I'm not getting done what I want to get done, but I'm not reevaluated just because like other people are doing stuff at different times. Um, so that's one thing. And then I think another one that kind of like pertains more to sex is, um, like growing up and in college and stuff, you know, a lot of like my friends, my family would tell me like, stop, you know, like having casual sex. Like we don't think it's good for you. This, that, and the other thing. And I always felt kind of like, well, this sucks because I'm experiencing these hormones and like, I want to be sexually active. Like I've always been sexually active and like, I feel like there has to be a healthy way to explore my sexuality. Um, and, so I think with casual sex for women, there can be a lot of stigma around that still. Um, I mean, it's like always been that way and that's just how it still is. Or, or with guys, it's not, it's a lot less like, it doesn't matter. Guys mm-hmm. like do them and they're not really thinking about it. So I think like with your sexuality, you really have to too, like find what works for you. And if you're exploring your sexuality and you're sleeping with different people, as long as you're being safe about it, then I think that there's no harm. Um, but I just think it's really important that you're being true to yourself. And if, you know, having casual sex is damaging to your self-esteem because like deep down you want more then you have to take that into consideration. But, like, if you're single and, like, you're enjoying yourself, then don't let your friends or your family kind of make you feel differently about what you're doing because it's it's your body and it's your choices and, like, do you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think that's a perfect tee up to our first question, which uh, we read the article that you um, gave an interview for Bust Magazine, and the article is called "How Self Esteem Transformed the yeah. Relationships in My Life," which we'll link to, I'm sure, in the show notes. Um, but I lo- we loved how you talked about creating and starting what's in your box. Really added a new level of like passion and meaning in your life mm-hmm. and um, in, in terms of spreading empowerment for other women. So can you yeah. tell us a little bit of, more about what, how what's in your box, um, like what it means to you on a personal level and then what your yeah. hopes are for the women who experience it? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, to be like totally honest, which is what podcasts are all about, (laughs) girl talk. Um, but I, I mean, I've been sexually active since I was 11. So like, I just like got my period earlier and like was boy crazy in sixth grade, you know? Yeah. And, and so from like 11 years old till like my early twenties, I was always sexually active, but And I think that that was easily mistaken for like, oh, I'm sexually empowered. Like I got this, but really 
I was not at all. Hmm. It was actually really damaging to my self-esteem because I always, I experienced a lot of slut shame in high school and I didn't really know how to deal with that. And as much as I would kind of like brush it off, um, it definitely did have a deeper impact than I would have liked to believe at the time because I, going into college and in my early 20s, like anytime I would have sex with somebody, I would feel so taken advantage of. I don't know why. Like, even if I wanted it in the moment and it was consensual and we used a condom, like, I still the next day would just be like, hmm. I feel so small. I feel so bad about myself. I feel like a loser. Like, I just feel like this person just like wanted to get in my vagina and like I let them mm-hmm. and now I just feel really shitty about myself. Mm-hmm. And that was like the norm. Like, this is just like always, and it was such a battle because then like a week later I'd be like, oh, I wanna have sex again. You know, mm-hmm. like I wanted to like explore sex, but then I would always, it would always end up leaving me feeling really, really shitty about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like a constant battle. And like, I'd call my family crying, I'd call my friends crying. And then that's when they would be like, maybe you should stop having sex, you know, like wait, like, maybe explore the potential of a relationship with somebody and then have sex with them once you're in the relationship. But it's like, you can't just say like, okay, let me go to this library of men who like maybe want to be my boyfriend. That's not how life works. You know, (laughs) like who knows when I'm going to have a boyfriend. So, um, I think that, um, really what it comes down to is just like being secure in yourself and like having the proper, education, which is what What's In Your Box really strives to do, is to educate and empower women around their sexuality so that they don't have to feel bad about the choices that they make because there really is no reason to feel bad. And um, going back, so just like another part, so I would always feel really shitty about it. And then also looking back, like I was never orgasming. So it's like I would have sex and then like somehow I would end up feeling... My gosh, <laughs> so many thoughts. It was just like, it just seemed, I just wasn't empowered around like sexuality at all. Yeah. Or else, like I would have been more vocal and I would have been more like confident in speaking up, especially like if I wanted to have an orgasm, then like, let's try some things to get me there. You know, like, why is sex ending just because like you finished? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that adds to like the feeling of feeling used. It's like this, you know, this experience, like, essentially did nothing for me, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like, it was pretty enjoyable during it, but, like, it was, you know, like, I didn't really, it wasn't really, like, focused on my pleasure at all, it was much more focused on the guy, and then it's, like, and then you just go on, and you're just kind of think, what did I really even get out of that experience, um, so, I think that when you're having casual sex, it's really important to know exactly what you want out of it. Like, I really can't stress that enough because if you just want, like, human contact with somebody else and that's all you care about, then great. Then you should feel good about that after it happens. But if you really want to, like, let's say, like, experience an orgasm, then, like, you should go into it ready to, like, be vocal because at the end of the day, like, that's kind of what it takes as a woman to reach orgasm and casual sex, like you have to be vocal because with every woman it's different. It's a lot more difficult for a woman to reach orgasm than men because our bodies work differently and it's less mechanical for us. So like you have to be ready to be vocal or if you want to, if you want to maybe have a relationship with this person, then like maybe you don't have sex right away. There's just like all these different factors. And so I think it's really important to be honest with yourself um, I just went off on like a tangent there. Bring <laughs> <laughs> it back to what's in your box. So like what's in your box is great because it's, 
first of all, a conversation starter in itself. So we called it What's in Your Box for a reason. Um, it, it, it opens the conversation just with its title. And then, you know, it's this great little additive to have in the room, let's say. So if there is something that you want to try, it's like, oh, I got this in the mail through this awesome subscription for women. Um, and then it takes away kind of like the pressure for you to bring it up on hmm. your own. Hmm. It's like a, like a little clutch. Um, and I mean, as far as what's inside the box, it's obviously a lot of different products to help women explore their bodies and to reach orgasm and to just like have more pleasurable sex when they, whether they're masturbating or whether they're doing it with a partner, just like things, there are so many products and toys out there that make sex more fun and they shouldn't be stigmatized. It's just like you could jump in a pool and have a great time splashing around, but like you could also have a great time if there are tubes and like, you know, air volleyball, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know, you just like add toys into the mix and that makes for a better time, usually for both parties. So it's a conversation starter and it's also a reminder to women that you're, you are deserving of pleasure and that you should feel satisfied if you choose to have sex and cause that's kind of the point. Mm -hmm. Um, and also just like a reminder to take care of yourself. So as far as just the little things that you can do to stay connected to your body and to have a healthy sex life, you can find it in this box. I love that. And I love that the box can kind of give <laughs> permission to bring something new into the environment. I think that I never um, yeah. thought of it that way, but that's, that's really, um, that's a really high benefit. I think that's awesome. Well, and I love, that's like what I've, I've loved about what's in your box is I followed you on social media is that like, it really it puts everything out there so that as someone who's maybe subscribing or even just like following you online is that it gives, um, it normalizes everything and gives an individual the permission to like find their own way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important. And I think that, um, you know, what you've touched on a little bit is um, just the stigma around female sexuality and how it's, you know, there really is a hurdle to get over as far as being okay with having wants and needs and being okay with expressing yeah. those wants and needs and finding your own way in that, whether that's through casual sex or that's through in your relationships or like knowing what it is that what you want so that you can find the version of sex that feels good to you personally. Um, and so I was wondering if you could touch on a little bit more of just like, that, that stigma and what we can do to fight against it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the reality is that there is still a stigma and even if we have progressed it, there is still a stigma and you, I hear about it all the time and it's, it's disappointing and it's a bummer. Um, like for example, recently somebody I know is, um, watching, I, an episode of something that I spoke in and, um, and I was obviously talking about sex toys and I was holding one of the sex toys and her partner was like, what are you watching? And she was like, Oh, you know, it's Christine. Like, come out what's your box. Yada, yada. And he was like, she's like holding a dildo. And she's like, yeah, you know, like the box samples, different sex toys, yada, yada. And he 
was just like, that's weird, mm-hmm. you know, and just like made what's in your box out to be like this weird, creepy thing. And then also made her out to feel really mm-hmm. weird for watching and like essentially discouraged her from subscribing. Cause he was like, why, like, why do you want sex toys? Like, that's weird. Like, you, and I think it's an ego thing. Um, like I personally have been like, been blessed with a, a boyfriend who is like all about that life and it's like anything I want to try he's like sure let's try it like he would never take it he would never think it's like a reflection on his performance if I want to like use a vibrator it's two totally it's like apples and oranges you know they're not related and I think or even maybe women are quick to feel like self-conscious like they're not providing you with the pleasure that you're looking for because you're interested in sex toys so I think it's really important to be vocal about, um, you know, like, first of all, wanting to try something, being vocal about it. And if you get some sort of weird pushback, just being honest and being like, listen, this is something that I want to try. It's no reflection on you, on our relationship, on your performance. It's just like these kind of products exist for a reason. They exist for a woman's benefit. And I have a vagina and I want to try it. Mm-hmm. And like that should be the end of the conversation. If someone continues to give you pushback, then that's strange <laughs> you know then maybe you should reconsider like if you want to sleep with that person I don't know but I there's but you have to be able to recognize in that moment like there is no shame in this and I'm not going to like allow this person to make me feel bad for want for being curious and for wanting to try something out that is made for me it's a product that is on the market that exists for my pleasure so like sign me up you know Yeah, I remember hearing an analogy once that I feel like speaks to like the health and and wellness on your own terms part of this where like if I had an itch on my back and I was asking my partner to scratch it, I would tell him or her, you know, go up or go to the left or go down. And that's that's not me doubting their ability to scratch a back. It's just me communicating my needs in, 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 yeah, in a way that is, right yeah, that we're on the same team. We have the same goal, but you need my help so yeah. that, and I need your help. So anyway, I think that's really helpful in terms of like how to destigmatize it where it's, it's not necessarily a personal attack or a personal thing. It's, it's about yeah. my health, my wellness, my pleasure on my own terms. And you're yeah. a part of that. So this is how I communicate that. And I think something that you touched on too is like who the partner is. So like you're saying, like when you're able to communicate that and you continue to get pushback, that could potentially be a red flag as to whether or not you want to partner with them in that way Mm -hmm. or trust them to, you know, be in that process with you. Like Mm -hmm. you're kind of sharing in your analogy. Um, I think that's super important too. Totally. But I think, you know, you're, I'm sure within your audience, the questions and the stigmas or the personal hurdles range in quite the spectrum, but we are curious, what are, What's maybe the number one or some of the more common questions you get from women? I'm sure you've become the, like, sex expert in your friend group where, like, strangers <laughs> on the street come up to you and ask yeah. questions. Totally. Um, a lot of women have asked me, like, how to find that balance between being sexually active and, and when I say that, I mean more so, like, single women who are having casual sex mm-hmm. and feeling empowered in that process. I think a lot of women ask me that question because, like, if you read a lot of my blog posts and a lot of the content I put out there, I speak to that a lot. Um, so I have experience with it. And 
that's a question that I've got a lot, which again, the answer is to just like, you need to be confident and you need to validate yourself and everybody's going to have different opinions. And if what you're doing, you feel good about, then that's really the end of the story. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to kind of, to doubt yourself or to second guess yourself if you're enjoying yourself. So, um, I understand it's difficult when like people who are close to you in your life are kind of like questioning your behaviors, but in the same breath, like we're all adults. So you need to make the best decisions for yourself and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and another question I get a lot is like how to, how to speak up in the bedroom, how to make that a comfortable process. Um, to be totally honest, like that's something I've still struggled with up until like six months ago. You know, I, mm-hmm. I always personally found that process so awkward too. Cause I'm like, this person's going to think I'm a bitch. Mm-hmm. Or this person's going to like bug out that he's not good and just leave my bedroom right now. When really to your point about the, the back scratch thing, like it's so true. <laughs> it's just like, Hey, can you actually like do this instead of that? And I think it's really important for women to realize how different we all are and like how different all our orgasms are and how, and different things feel good for different women. Um, and like guys, I mean, most guys are open to learning about you and they want you to let them know what feels good, what they can do better because most people do take a lot of pleasure in pleasuring somebody else. So you're really not helping. I mean, it's just like when it, like faking orgasms, like you're not helping you and you're not helping the person by faking an orgasm or faking pleasure. You know, there's again, no reason to feel shame and, and speaking up and also like sex can be kind of like, I think sometimes people get caught up in sex having to be like this really sexy heated thing. And like any sort of mention of like a condom or any sort of mention of like direction, is going to be a mood killer. Mm. And it's like, you make the mood what it is, you know, you set the pace and there's no rule book. Hmm. You got to just like navigate for yourself and like have fun with it. It doesn't have to be such like a serious thing, you know? So, um, it's certainly not going to kill the mood, giving somebody direction and how to, how to make it more pleasurable for you. Mm-hmm. I love that though, that there is no rule book. Cause I think part of the reason that yeah. it's so important to normalize the conversation is because just like in anything in our lives, when it lives in our heads, or we just like internalize external messages or expectations and just kind of live in that world without talking to a friend yeah. or reading about it or listening to a podcast that's talking about it or whatever it is that will make you feel more empowered to really understand that there is no rule book and that what you're navigating by yourself or with a partner is really like you have access to the answers because it's about your pleasure. It's about your partner's pleasure. It's about what you feel comfortable with or what you don't feel comfortable with and what will make you feel good ultimately. So like you were saying in your original story is like the next day feeling bad about it, that could cause, you know, questions of saying like, well, why do I feel bad about it? Mm -hmm. Is it because of the stigma and the shame? And like, how do I overcome that? Or it could be feeling good about it and being like, okay, well that's like an experience I would want to repeat. And building that confidence in a way that, um, yeah, that you can like build upon over time, I think is important. And knowing that while a lot of times we look around at different messages of, you know, what's right and what's wrong or what everyone should be doing or what everyone shouldn't be doing is that like, you know, we have the answers and there really is no rule book. Mm -hmm. So basically I love that you said that. (laughs) 
Um, and just to touch on your point again before about like red flags, I think that that is another kind of situation where like somebody could really show their true colors yeah. and could potentially raise a red flag is how somebody responds to you when you are vocal in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if you simply say like, Hey, can you actually do this? Or like, Hey, like, can you go down on me? How they respond is telling. And if so they, give, if they get angry for some reason or weird about it, then like, you just have to know that that's not you and that it's not because you did something wrong or weird. Maybe this person just isn't the right fit and not what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for somebody maybe a little bit more open-minded. Mm-hmm. You know? Totally. Yeah. Um, so this kind of adds on to what we were just talking about, but so you use the phrase a lot, informed, empowered, and shameless. And I noticed on your website, you also have a list of like, awkward, embarrassed, ashamed, unsatisfied that are crossed off and replaced with informed, empowered, and shameless. So my question is, how does someone who feels awkward, embarrassed, ashamed, or unsatisfied take a first step toward informed, empowered, and shameless? Like what's a tangible first step for them that you can think of? Tangible first step would be subscribing to this service <laughs> called Finger <Bot>. Shameless plug. <laughs> yeah. Shameless product plug right there. But no, really, I mean, that really is like we wanted it to be affordable so that it's accessible to women of all ages and of all different backgrounds. And so that it is like an easy first step. You know, mm-hmm. when you think about the different things that like you would spend $18 on, this is something that should be a priority to you as far as like self-care and self-pleasure and just like treating yourself to something and we really curate the boxes so that it's when it arrives it's this nice little reminder that you have power and there's like so much empowerment that comes in recognizing that you have power and and that you are really free to do free free to do whatever you want, free to explore however you want. And when it comes to your body and sexuality, like that is your, that is your game. Um, like in a way, like that's just like, your terrain, so to speak. So like have fun with it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, um, it's cool to kind of hear that like the first, one of the first tangible steps is to ask the question. And I know, um, in, in some, work I've done where we've asked anonymously, usually to like high school girls, um, for them to anonymously ask questions about sex. A lot of it is like so deep and so powerful because it's anonymous. The questions are, and I think, you know, even just being able to type into Google, like a subscription box with sex toys or just that first step is so hard, but really that's the key is just being willing to ask. And if it's not typing it into the (laughs) the black hole of the internet, um, like asking friends or asking like older sisters or, you know, people that maybe have gone before you on this journey of just saying like, Hey, I'm thinking about this or I've experienced this. Is this normal? Or have you experienced that? I think is, is really powerful. Definitely agree with that. Like asking like an older sister or a friend, I do agree with you that like the internet can be a dark, scary place, which I think is why a lot of women especially younger women like quickly get intimidated by that and just right. x out of their screen like because some crazy looking dildo will pop up that you're just like what the hell is that <laughs> um so I actually think like um 
going also into a store, but also being careful with which ones. Like, for example, Babeland in the city is such a wonderful sex positive store that you go in male, female, whatever gender you are, whatever sexual preference you have, and they are just like there to talk to you about it, about the different products, about your different options. And it's such an easy experience and breath of fresh air. Mm. And it's not like weird or uncomfortable at all. Um, unfortunately, I don't like a lot of sex shops don't run like that where they have mm. people on the floor who like are there to talk to you about what you're looking for and understand your wants, needs and preferences and help you make the best purchase for yourself. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely options. So, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, so let's say that you know a listener has taken this journey towards empowerment and feels very much um, like she knows what she likes and it feels confident in her own pleasure. Another tangible step would be then to communicate that, which we've touched on a lot in this conversation. But what I'd love to focus on the how of that. How do you I know sometimes it's been helpful for me to hear, and not just in this realm, but just in general, to hear phrases that I can use and repeat in other situations. Do you have any, like, tangible ways that people, that you suggest people communicate their needs in the bedroom? Yeah. So what I've actually found is really successful, I've talked to a lot of women about this, is you you make it into a game. So, like, Mm. going into it, you're, like, something as cheeky and silly it's just like do you want to explore sex tonight and I mean like find me somebody who's going to say no to that you know like, <laughs> that sounds exciting as me like that's like that sounds great you know so I think like you start with just like something like that like something really playful yeah like do you want to explore sex tonight with like whoever it is that you are going to be having sex with and then once you get into the bedroom you can do like uh, there's kind of different options and versions but one I really like is you you there's a scale one through five and so like you kind of just start doing different things to each other and throughout the process you say anywhere between one and five one being like that doesn't feel great five being like that feels amazing um and so there's absolutely no pressure like you just took all the pressure Mm -hmm. out of it by making it into a game Mm -hmm. um I really like that and I have talked to other women who have said that's worked really well And you end up just having, like, a lot of fucking fun together, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Like, it's a lot of fun to explore each other's bodies, especially when it's somebody that, like, you care about. Yeah. Um, And it's it's a fun experience for both people. And then, obviously, the takeaway is that next time you go to have sex, you have a better idea of what each other like and don't like. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I love that. I love, like, the little tools that you can take in that might in this, you know, space feel like, would that really work? But in the moment, totally work and, and is a really yeah. great tool for both parties. Like it's a, it's an equal playing field then. It's mm-hmm. not putting pressure on one right. partner or the other. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's something that you can both take turns doing. Right. It makes it less and, about like yeah. you or me and more about like the game that yeah. we're playing. Yeah. The thing that we're talking about. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Personally, I'm always like one of like my favorite like flirting tools, so to speak, is just being like, let's play. Yeah. Like I like found that like got like it gets like guys really excited, like and it gets me really excited, and it's just like you go into it now, and like it's just super playful. The mood is super playful, and 
so you really can't go wrong. Yeah. So we've gotten a couple audience questions um, from our listeners, so we wanted to just quickly talk through a couple of those because um, really a few of them were reson- they were um, repeat questions. So so I think it's a common yeah. common trend. Um, one was, will my partner, will he or she, think that I'm good at sex? Um, and I'm curious if you get that question a lot or what you would say to somebody who asked that. Um, I've gotten that question a couple times before. Um, I think that that question is, there's really no answer to it because it, it shouldn't be a question. Like you shouldn't, not at all that there's any, let me start over. (laughs) Meaning that like you shouldn't, like that shouldn't be a concern of yours because that's not what it's about. It's not about performance and I think that that's something that we get in our heads that like I need to perform I need to look good at all these different angles I need to like blow this person's mind and I think that when we get really caught up in that thought process we completely lose touch with our own experience and like neglect our own journey and it's just not a healthy mindset. So I think that like, if you're having that question in your head, you need to ask yourself, why is there a reason why you're feeling self-conscious about sex? Like, did somebody say something or do you just feel like you have to meet a certain standard because you don't like you absolutely do not. And you should go into it. Um, Instead of being like, well, this person think I'm good, it should be like, how can I make this good for me? And yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you know, I think that should come first. And hopefully the other person is having the same kind of thought. And then it's, it's good for everybody involved. There shouldn't be like one person that all the focus is on and one person who feels like they have to like they have the pressure of like making this an epic experience. It takes two people to have sex, um, intercourse, I should say. And so, yeah. Yeah. You know, go into it thinking about like definitely thinking about yourself and your pleasure and your experience. And I'm sure if that's what you go into it with, the sex will be good for both people. Yeah. And I think that reminds me a bit of parts of your story that you shared of, you were having these feelings and so you reframed and asked yourself the question of like, okay, where is this coming from? Because that follows yeah. you into any situation, into any experience with, you know, from partner to partner. If you don't address kind of the root issue or the root question, then you're yeah. going to keep feeling that way. Totally. And I think that that's just something that's really important for like all women to pay attention to is um, there's, there's still – like these kind of misconceptions as far as just misconceptions surrounding female sexuality. And what really bumps me out is when like I hear women say something like, you know, I, I really want to have sex with him, but like I didn't because I didn't shave mm. something like that. And it's like, you are denying yourself pleasure because of some ideal state that you think that you need to be in. Mm-hmm. And like, that you need to present yourself as in order to be deserving of a good time. And that's so not how it should be. Um, and like, 
that's how I always was too, going back to the beginning of our conversation, like how I said growing up, always being sexually active, but never being empowered around my sexuality. Like I used to do that too. Like I had to be like freshly shaven. I had to have like showered within the last five hours. I was going to smell. And like, meanwhile, I wasn't even orgasming. Like it was like all this effort was being put in for this other person's experience. So that would be like the best they had. And, but it's like, what is that doing for me? Um, You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not making, I don't know. Yeah, because it's, yeah, because it's so, it's (laughs) so mental as well. And so if you are thinking about, like, to your point earlier, like, do I look good from this angle? Like, are the lights dark enough? Like, am I, you know, how do I look? If you're focusing on that, if it's a performance mindset, then it takes the ability to, to have pleasure out of it because you're so wrapped up in in your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's totally exactly. relevant. Yeah. Um, yeah. One other sort of audience question that we got or community question um, is why is it uncomfortable both mentally and physically, which I think we've touched on, but curious to know your thoughts on why is there, why is discomfort uh, one of the first feelings? Um, I think just cause like anything new that your body isn't used to is going to feel uncomfortable at first. And, you know, when you're new to sex, you're not familiar with all the different positions that are options. And, and so, you know, you just don't like the more it's just like with anything else that the more you explore and try out different things, the more you learn what works for you and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. So if it feels uncomfortable at first, it's just a matter of like, maybe turning a different way or trying a different angle or going at a different pace. You kind of have to play around with all these factors and like find something that feels comfortable and, and then you can go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. But definitely nothing wrong. Like that's right. That's common. And that's I'm like nobody, nobody, I don't think has sex for the first time. And usually people have sex for the first time and they're like, how is that what people rave about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that you're saying to like, listen to that, to that it's common and it's normal, but to listen to it because there's things that you can do to improve your experience. And that's the goal, right? Is to like constantly be improving upon your experience and even just using sex is another way to know yourself, Mm -hmm. to know your body, to know yourself, to know your wants and needs inside the bedroom, outside the bedroom, Mm -hmm. all of that. So I love that as like an exploratory process and to take cues from your experience Mm -hmm. to learn from it and grow from it. And like one time I was talking to somebody who said, you know, this guy kept asking her in bed, like, what do you want? Like, what do you want? Which is awesome that like he wanted to make sure she was having a good time and enjoying herself. But she said she felt insecure because, like, she didn't know what to say. Oh, interesting. You know? And so I think that um, it's important to, like, kind of do your own research. As far as, like, when I say research, I mean, yeah, you can look at books and stuff. But also just, like, spend some time with yourself and figure out kind of what you like. And that way you can communicate to other people. And another one of the products that we feature one time in our box was a Kama Sutra book. Mm. And I mean, it's a hundred pages of different positions. Like you wouldn't believe how many positions exist, but how are you really supposed to, to know, you know, it obviously helps to be given the resources to 
from the expert, so to speak. And then you can, there's always different variations of every position. So it's like, you think of how many positions there are and then how many variations are of that. And it's just a matter of like trying out a bunch of different things and seeing what works for you. Um, yeah. And how perfectly does your, like your example of like, let's play, play into that example that you just shared too. Of like, I don't know what I want, but you know, that could be a good opportunity to like, have some exploration time with that person so that you could figure more of that out too. Um, I love that. Absolutely. Well, this has been such a great conversation and unfortunately we do have to wrap it up. So, uh, (laughs) thank you so much, Christine, for joining us on we do we, and thank you to all the listeners, uh, who submitted questions and joined us for this conversation. We're going to continue the conversation throughout the month in different ways on our website and our social media. So you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, at do the good stuff and Christine where can people find you and what's in your box online yeah so first let me also say thank you guys so much for having me I love what you're doing just making wellness be something that is up to you and on your terms it's so important because you can read like a million and one like how to be well you know (laughs) and like same with like how to have satisfying sex and it like really just comes down to like what works for you Mm -hmm. um so Thank you for doing the work that you do and for having me on your podcast. Um, so you guys can check out What's In Your Box. Our site is www.whatsinyour-box.com. We are also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. On Instagram and Twitter, it's at What's In Your Box with an underscore. And then on Facebook, it's at What's In Your Box campaign. But I'm pretty sure you can just type in What's In Your Box and we'll come up. Yep. And we will link to all of them in the show notes. And if you're interested in subscribing and trying out what's in your box, um, Christine has put together a code for a free Magic product when you subscribe. And the code is Magic, all lowercase, no spaces, right? Yeah. Okay. And will you just explain really quickly what that is? Yeah. So Magic is an awesome product. It's essentially Burt's Bees chapstick, but for your vagina. So what it does is it helps alleviate any sort of itchiness, dryness, or discomfort. And it also nice, velvety, smooth lubricant because it's made with olive oil. That gives it this very unique texture that's just unlike any other lubricant. Awesome. So the code, again, is VMAGIC. And if you use that when you subscribe to What's in Your Box, you will get a free VMAGIC. So in our next episode, we're talking about stress. Before then, we want to know what stresses you out the most and how do you manage it? So that's it for us. This episode was produced by Mitch Collins. And because our third co-host, Samantha, wasn't here today, we want to make sure you know that Mitch and Sam, they're still friends. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Christine. That was so great. Talk to you soon. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. bye. Bye. Bye.